You can't change the river's flow by casting a stone. But live in harmony with nature and you'll change faking Star Wars radio. That's right. It's another fantastic animated edition of Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. My name is Storm Duper, and we're back after a fairly long hiatus of no podcast episodes. Thanks for sticking around. We were munching on a lot of sushi and beefing up our samurai lore so that we could discuss Disney's, Star Wars's, Lucasfilms's, Star Wars visions. The love letter from Japan to all you Star Wars anime fans out there. With me today in the studio, in between bites of sushi and edamame, is Mr. Teeb Rontor. Hey Teeb, how you doing? It's great to have you in the studio. How you doing today? I'm great. I'm. Uh, I'm I missed you. I needed my. I, I needed my duper hugs. I didn't get any duper hugs in for a while. You didn't deserve any because you were too busy uh, holding out on on me. You know all the all the secret uh, the secret Star Wars content that had come out that I didn't even know about that you were watching without me the last few months. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you did kind of tell me that this whole thing was was a was going to be NC seventeen, so I jumped right on it. I, I wanted to find out for myself, uh, and it was not. You guys lied to me, and I was very <laughs> disappointed. Visions. It does sound a bit sexy, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I found out that it's based actually on a, a book in 2010 that they did where it was just like drawings, like like drawings and things. Interesting. Things that are drawn in well, books. Well, it's going to be, you know, all the people out there, before we really jump into the discussion here about visions, people probably want to know, you know, where you've been, where I've been, why it's been such a long time before we, since we've recorded, especially for our Patreon followers. I know they're out there just desperately giving us money for no content the last few weeks. Well, Would you like me, to uh, apologize to them? It is all your fault, after all. Well, it is, actually, because I have this rare growth in my mouth where basically one of my teeth actually turns into a crate dragon tooth, and um, it essentially started to protrude out of my, my, my jaw, and it started just, you know... Uh, the pain was was excruciating, was unbearable. But I'm on all the fentanyl and opioids that 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 God has created, and uh, eventually I was able to have that tooth, uh, that crate dragon tooth, uh, tooth extracted. Um, extracted, excreted, ground into dust, and uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. I, I developed a a, a kyber crystalline fever as well, um, uh, because people <laughs> tried to heal me with kyber crystals. But it actually had the adverse effect um, because not everybody should be just taking kyber crystals without consulting their doctor first because we don't really know what kind of effects they can have. But my dentist thought that it would be it would be okay for me to do that. Um, hmm. But I developed a, a, a rare fever from it, and uh, the fever didn't go away for a few days and months actually. And that's why we haven't recorded with me anyway. I don't know what you what your excuse is. I think you're just lazy. Yeah, I've just been lazy and eating pizza. That's basically the sound of it. So. Um, yeah, but it is great to be back here in the studio here in Topeka, Kansas. You know, Faking Star Wars does sometimes go through these little patches, uh, and that's because we're we're so dedicated to the job that sometimes we forget about the job. Um, and, and that just, you know, if you've hung with us for the last five or six years, you know that that happens, that sometimes we just forget that Star Wars exists. Um, but we're back. You know, it's great to be here um, with my main man. Um, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your crate 
Dragon uh, dentistry woes. Um, I I have actually been doing pretty well in the health department. Um, the last few months have been good for me. As you as you may recall, I had a close um, call with death. Uh, you know, the Empire uh, tried to assassinate me breaking one of my limbs in the last year and a half, but uh, I've almost fully recovered. So people will be happy to hear that, I'm sure. So, Well, not anybody in the Empire, but everybody else, yes. That's right, that's right. Are so, you worried they might try again? You know, that's always a possibility, um, but but we don't we don't want to, um, you know, embrace the negative here. We're all about positivity, body positivity on Faking Star Wars, um, and, and, you know, trying to manifest some good thoughts about, about everything. So let's not entertain that as an option. Yeah, I mean, we don't have vegan around right now, so we're just going to all be positive and happy. That's right. Happy, we don't have him to, to make fun of for for any reasons so uh i will i will be the proxy uh bearer of all insults if you can't hold off tonight um but in any case it's great to have you with us everybody um we're going to discuss uh, a little bit belated but not too late the star wars vision show um so so let's start teeb with with just background um what do you think uh got the fire under um, bob Iger's butt to pay nine different anime studios in Japan to make some completely bonkers, completely independent Star Wars stories that have nothing to do, not only with Star Wars in general, but also with themselves. Uh, where did this come from? Well, I think there's just not enough Star Wars content out there at Disney, and I think that they, they wanted to make sure that they basically had Every breath that you take, every step that you take, uh, you know, uh, Iger will be finding more Star Wars content for Disney. Um, you know, blink and you blink again, and there's another thing. Uh, what was that Star Wars uh, animated show that they canceled? I wonder how those people feel. Resistance. Uh, Resistance. Yeah, I wonder how. I wonder how they're feeling right about now. <laughs> yeah, you know, Chris, the guy <laughs> yeah, who just, played just the main guy well in there. I have to ask him. Face. You know, it's like. Uh, yeah, that yeah, was he canceled us to bring in. <laughs> This weird stuff. I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying really hard to bite my tongue until it's time to explode. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about um, the first episode here because I, you know, I don't know if it's because it, it was the first one or it's the one I watched with most attention. Um, the duel. Uh, I. I mean, I kind of thought things went to hell a little bit after after this episode. This is probably my favorite episode. Um, and it wasn't incredibly good. It was basically just a derivative uh, samurai fight that happened to have lightsabers involved. Right. Essentially, he's a ronin, right? He's uh, um, like a a fallen samurai, not a fallen, a, a former samurai, essentially, or like maybe a former Jedi, or maybe even a former Sith, since he had the, the Some red disgracefully, lightsaber. like, ejected from the samurai community or something like that? Well, because he didn't get the vaccine sorry right <laughs> he's an anti-vaxxer and he's a he's jedi -vaxxer, so. and so well, they, they put like him on I this said, crappy though, planet with this crappy village of people who can't protect themselves with this amazing droid who saves the day at the end mysteriously yeah, he's, he's like when you when you fix this droid make sure it takes exactly as long as it takes to boil a pot of water now if it takes if it takes 30 seconds earlier, you're going to mess up my entire... It's kind of like Luke in uh, Return of the Jedi when it's like this whole elaborate thing where it's like, oh yeah, well, R2 is going to shoot him his lightsaber from the sail barge. He's well, boiling. how did Luke know he was going to be on a sail barge? And, and 
just a lot of things like that 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 made me go okay. But have you ever watched um, Boondock Saints? You know, it's been a while for me. Because that was the the, uh, the immediate like um you know uh, thing that image that popped into my head was the Boondock Saints when I when I watched the the duel. It was very that that style. I don't again mm-hmm. I don't know anything about all these different Japanese anime studios and you know the the different factions or styles or anything like that. I'm not super into anime. I, I kind of like some of it, but not a lot of it. Well, so. I'd like to add that I'm also woefully unqualified to discuss anything anime related. I just watched Akira in the last year. Uh, I think the only other animated film I've watched in its entirety is Spirited Away, which <laughs> is very not like traditional anime. I guess it's a very unique kind of movie. So um, together in our in our um, a bountiful ignorance here. Um, this is going to be an <laughs> in- interesting discussion. Yeah, I liked the first episode. However, in spite of the derivative nature of it, um, I thought it was compelling in the sense that it was unique, but it made so much sense. It, it sort of felt to me like, yes, of course. It was like an of course thing that Star Wars, of course, is about samurai. And, and doing this that's so clearly J- Japanese. I watched it in the original Japanese. How did you watch it? Uh, I watched it actually in Norwegian. Norwegian. Ah, well, I think you may have lost some nuance then because, as you know, Japanese has unvoiced vowels, which are really guttural and add a little bit of force nuance to the dialogue. So that might be why you really didn't like it that well. Oh, but then the Norwegians, they like go, they do this weird breathy thing at the end where it's like, it's like where we would say like, they'll just make this noise. So oh. it would be, I'm going to the store today. And so they, there was a lot of that. They the duel, slurp at I, the end of I, their sentences. They kind of like, it's kind of like, like they're taking a real quick breath before they, you know, murder you with an axe or something. I don't know. It comes from like the Vikings or something. I don't know. Huh. But yeah, so it was, for me, it was like watching Japanese Norwegians. So it was very interesting. It very sounded interesting. to me like you were just slurping lingonberry jam back into your mouth. Um, well, I didn't come up with it. It's just their dialect. <laughs> Talk to them. They, they'll, they'll admit they do this. You you challenge any Norwegian. <laughs> Norwegian, the, Bring it the, on. the only language to add a phoneme based on how you slurp your food. Um, okay, well, well, all right. So, so what about episode two? Um, I well, episode two killed you, didn't it? Th- yes, that was it. You told me. You texted me. Let's let's just be honest to our listeners. You texted me, which I thought was really sad because you are a musician, sir. You are I know. actually a musician, and this was all about just like rocking out and saving the galaxy with your <laughs> axe of force powers. What was this whatever. one called? The Tatooine Trio or something? Or I don't know. The Tatooine um, something. Um, yeah. This was just bonkers. I mean, this. This felt like some weird fan film or, or something. I mean, we're following around these like high school kids like playing guitar and they have like a grunge band that's just like <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> it says literally the absolute minimum amount to do with Star Wars you could imagine. Like there's no way of creating something that looks like Star Wars that that feels less than Star Wars like in this way. I, I thought know. it was a nice little like shift of like taking away the violence, but when you see them kind of playing in front of the executioner's like ropes or whatever, I'm like, ooh, I was like, oh, are they gonna? What are they gonna do to him? Are they gonna like draw and quarter him on the, on those posts? Are they gonna like pull him apart with, you know, uh, with uh, nerfs or something? I, I or you know, 
Yeah. Uh, Banthas. I was kind of excited. I'm like, oh, I want to see this guy get pulled apart. And then it just ends with, you want to be our sponsor? It was like a YouTube <laughs> video. I was like, oh, you want to be our, don't forget to click and subscribe. <laughs> it just, it felt to me like these K-pop bands, you know, that they like fat, fat, oh, they, they create in factories in Korea and J-pop, like in Japan, where like they just, they have this very like, bizarre like affinity for for the celebrity of these young musicians and it just it seems it seemed so well i did hear that they originally wanted to get hansen but they weren't available hansen would have been more like star wars (laughs) Mm, force me with you yeah 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 i've got a bad feeling about visions I was actually really surprised that you didn't like that one, to be quite honest, because it was all about just like I said, it was just musicians being uh, the bards, if you will, right? Like uh, going around and and uh, you know saving their friends with music, the power of rock. I I mean, on one level, I can appreciate that they're doing something bonkers, but like it does not. <laughs> Star Wars is not about like a rock band. <laughs> Uh, do I need I to argue wrong, this sir. point? Like, is, is this a contentious point? Like, <laughs> well, this is why my spouse didn't want to watch Visions either because she saw me watching that one, the, the rock and roll episode, one, and oh, she geez. was like, "This is stupid." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. like, "Are they all gonna be like this?" I'm like, "I don't know. We'll just watch, and I'll, I'll let you know." So she's like, "You can watch." So I watched like all nine of them almost that night. So I was like. Ugh. But yeah, I was glad that they weren't all like that until we get to the one that I'm going to destroy. So, oh, I can't um, wait. I can't wait. Well, episode three is is the twins, which I I enjoyed, um, I think, as well. I thought it was an interesting premise. Um, so let me say here, I did feel also derivative. That's one theme throughout the show here. A lot of derivative stuff from Star Wars. Like, it's it's a copying Star Wars, which, you know, you've got that whole Kylo Ren Ray lightsaber scene from The Last Jedi. Well, Kare, I think it's named Kare or Latte. Yeah, Kare. And then I think her name uh, is Am, um, like Am, Am I Am? Sam I Am, a, a Sith Lord. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> basically, the two of them did the same thing and interacted with that kyber crystal, um, you know, scene. Um, I do think, though, that this whole, you know, bitch witch of a sister theme is underdeveloped in Star Wars. Um, like the the whole bullet hell kind of uh, final level of video game there where she's just gone nuts and become this witch uh, in the dark side. Um, Star Wars has not approached that much because up to now, you know, it's been more Mary Sue when it comes to the female characters like yes. uh, Rose Tico, Rey, um, to some extent Kira, um, I guess. Uh, but but so I actually th- I thought it was refreshing. Um, who else am I thinking of from uh, Rogue One? Um, not Kira, but... Uh, um, uh, I can't think of her name now. Gosh, that's horrible that we can't think of the protagonist of a major Star Wars movie. She must have been very memorable. Cassian, character. did she get a show or did get? Yeah, Cassian no, the one, the one with who, the man got the show. Yeah, Cassian got the show. She did not. Um, not Ridley Scott. That's not her name. <laughs> Urson, not Ripley. Urso, Curdler, Urso, Jin, Jin Erso. Jin Erso. There we go. See, Is I'll just start Jin? making noises. And Jin Erso. Yeah, Jin Erso. So. <laughs> It's not even her name, is it? Jin? Jin Erso? Yeah, Jin Erso. Right, right. Anyway, um, wow, she must have been a great character if we can't even remember her name. (laughs) 
Well, she dies in the end. She does. She does. <laughs> they all do. But but this whole bitch witch thing. What do you think about that? That was cool. No, I liked I, it. It, it. I think you're actually onto something here. Um, actually, when I think about all of the visions collectively, they actually had compelling female characters with layers and complexity, not just one dimension and not not Mary Sue's by any means. Um, so when we start looking at all the other visions, I think we'll you'll, you'll see that. So this one, I, I did actually appreciate that because Kare doesn't save her or doesn't doesn't um, shun the dark side for any real moral reasons. He does it to save his sister, which is kind of selfish in a way, right? He doesn't he doesn't turn away from the dark side until it benefits him. I mean, in a way, he's sister. doing the he's opposite selfish. what um, other characters in Star Wars do. They tend to put their ideals above their family. Whereas, right. you know, in this, he actually put his family before his dark side ideals. Well, just like Darth Vader, just like Anakin, right? Anakin tried to save his his uh, wife, his illegal wife, his uh, not illegal immigrant, but, you know, illegal, like he's not allowed to get married because he's part of this stupid order. Right. Celibate order. Um, yeah, so it's just interesting to me that that was his motivation to turn away from the dark side. Because right up until then, it seemed like they were like lockstep, literally, like love bugs. Hmm, hmm. A the, little too you know, close, you know, if you stars. might say, for me, actually. A little kinky, actually, maybe even. Yeah, a little, a little Lannister, a little, uh, a little Game <laughs> of Thrones there. I mean, yeah. it is Japan after all. They do have a reputation for some perverse sort of uh, stuff, but we're not going to get. I into didn't that see problem. very many tentacles in any of the visions. Oh, so thank was, God for I was that. Disappointed by that. Yeah. Um, but that's all I have to say about the twins. What, other, what about other than the fighting on top that of that time, Star that Destroyer one? The fighting on top of the Star it. Star Destroyer were, were they in space? I I wasn't quite. I didn't get it. Like, they kind of get ejected from the shuttle somehow, don't they? And then it seemed like they're kind of out in the middle of space fighting. Is that what was happening? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that there's not a lot of emphasis given to the elements of space that we're used to in any of the visions. It didn't Mm. seem like, you know, the vacuum of space was like a problem anytime they were out running around in, in space fighting. Um, especially in the twins, because I don't know. It's kind of like the Mary Poppins thing in uh, the last Jedi, right? It's like, I guess you can use the force to like breathe for a few minutes while you're battling and exerting all this energy. I don't know. I didn't really think about it too much. I guess they had some special armor that they were wearing too, that maybe they could breathe through their skin, like chlorophyll. (laughs) Sure. Something like that. Or or maybe they used, um, uh, you know, some Harry Potter magic spells. Maybe they're into Harry Potter Hmm. for all I know. Wizarding world. So, so do you think there's going to be this is going to be the next ride at uh, Disney's Star Wars's theme park Galaxy's Edge? Ooh. It'll be the uh, the the Carre Am, uh, you know, race to the race to the for, galaxy. No, no. for me, like, I hope you it's have to Lopinocho. dodge all these lasers and stuff. No, for me, I hope it's Lopinocho. If they're going to have any ride, that would be my favorite. Those, are, I mean, when we get to that, that was my favorite. Yeah of all of the visions um but up until this point of the three that we just discussed the twins was my favorite up to this point me the too. duel was Definitely. just too straightforward and we never really found out anything about the characters other like bad guy good guy droid save hmm. village the end you know um and then the, the band thing i was like okay that was interesting and then 
the twins, I was like, yeah, this is actually like you said. I re- I really liked the uh, the Om character. I thought that they could go places with that character for sure. Sith, I am. Yeah, Sith, I am. Sure. Hey kids, only one week to sign up for the bestest summer at Camp Vegan. Camp Vegan is the veganest place on earth. Camp Vegan is built on an actual Tuscan Raider burial ground located below Mount Avalanche where the singing dunes will sing you softly to sleep. We've got archery, wallet making in our sweatshop, in our indoor palace, long desert walkabouts, underground mining, and blur rides. And for you skinny kids out there, my exclusive vegan program of diet and ridicule will really get results. And the best part is, when you come to Camp Vegan, you'll get to spend the summer with me, Vegan the Hut, honest to Jabba. Our camp counselors, Boba Fett, Fennec Shannon, Wada will be there to help you in any situation. Don't we get to roast marshmallows? Shut up and eat your pinecone. So come on out to Tatooine's favorite summer camp, Camp Vegan. Camp Vegan is a registered trademark of the Faking Star Wars Corporation. All rights reserved. Um, so the next episode, episode four is called The Village Bride. <laughs> yeah, that one was a little weird to me. It took me a minute, uh, but at the very beginning, one of the things I thought was really funny was, um, you hear the line, it doesn't suit you, that mask. So was this like a Disney's little surreptitious anti-masking criticism? What was going on with that? Well, I think, well, it came from Japan. So they always wear masks in Japan, don't they? So maybe, I thought they had a high degree of compliance. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I believe maybe they were trying to poke fun of Americans for not wearing the mask ah, all the time. Got it. Got it. And maybe Floridians in general, because uh, uh, I know that they're low on mask compliance from what I've heard. I, yeah, I we're low on all true. compliance, buddy. <laughs> we will not comply. <laughs> it's funny, you know, I just watched, um, I don't know why in God's name I did this, but, you know, Jeremy from Geeks and Gamers, uh, he had a little thing about, uh, I, I guess they had a meetup or something in, in New York or Boston or some such thing, and they were... He spent most of the time talking about how people in New York weren't wearing masks like he thought they would be. And I just, I, I was like, why why in God's name would I tune into a entertainment channel, live stream, to hear about his perspective about masks in New York and the pandemic? Like, it just, it was bizarre to me that that's what they chose to fixate on. But to each their own, I suppose. Sorry, yeah, Jeremy, if you're out there listening. Don't get uh, caught in the trap because you're doing it right now there, big guy. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, not, I'm trying very hard to be pulled into that Sarlacc pit of horror. But in any case, let, let me move along then. Um, so we are the sky. We are the forest. We are the river. Um, and, you know, this is a very kind of hippie thing. So I'm getting like vibes. So this is something that I actually was I thought had the potential for something great, because for a long time I've been hoping for like a Star Wars movie that happens thousands and thousands and thousands of years before the Jedi, right? Like before yes. the Jedi Order. You mentioned exists. that several times. Yeah. yeah, and so you get this idea of them using the Force as if it's like this magical thing, and they don't really fully understand what it is. Um, and that seems to be kind of what's happening here. But then we hear the Magina? The Magina? Yes, Magina. That is a curious word for the Force. <laughs> 
Magina, Magina, Magina Rise. Magina. I think it was Magina. Yeah, I don't know. So I, I looked up the word Magina, um, and, and you, you'll never guess what Magina means. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but that, that why? Like, why Magina? Magina. I mean, isn't that well, on the nose? Well, you're the voice guy. You're the you're the language guy, linguistics guy. So I what can't is that believe Disney would let that Japan? slip through the cracks in the English version. For me, I think it's like maybe like a Madge, magic mage. Maybe they were trying to do something like that. You know, I think like you're we right. like we like Americans. Whenever we talk about like Japanese, we add like san to everything, right? Like oh, got some noodle san or oh, oh uh, you know, it's like yeah, it's like in German you add das to everything. Das poster, you know. Das ist seine Magina face. There you go. Das ist seine Magina face. Yeah. I guess I'll have to let that one slide. Um, There were some weird other touches in this episode, uh, Teeb. So they had this wedding that's somehow intersecting with this political kidnapping sort of, I guess, from the separatists. Well, it sounded like there was a a bargain made with the Empire to where you would give up your elder but then instead of giving up the elder, they decided to give up the bride. So the guy is going to have like, you know, he's not going to be nagged. He's going to get married, get some, and then he's going to, his bride's going to go. This is like, um, this reminded of me of like the privilege of prima nocta or something. Yeah, <laughs> from, yeah, 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 yeah. Braveheart. Yeah, you're, not wrong. you're not wrong. So, huh. I wanted but, to ask you though, yeah. Mr. You know, Asian uh, historian guy. Hmm. Is there any cultural uh, authenticity to when he's carrying his bride on his back so that her feet don't hit the ground, or was that some just Star Wars made-up stuff? Oh, wow, I don't know. I'm guessing that's a Japanese thing. I don't know. I actually have no idea. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, the other thing I wondered uh, if it was a cultural thing was when um, Saku, who's the sister, I guess, of the bride— uh, yes. Is this is this a Asian cultural thing that she decides to show up to the wedding wearing Daisy Dukes? Um, I noticed that. Yeah, she was wearing short shorts, wasn't she? <laughs> yeah, and I mean they were jean shorts. Like, what kind of a wedding full of mourning? Like, they they make a big thing about how this is the saddest wedding in the world, I guess, because they're gonna get married and then she's going off to be kidnapped. She shows up wearing jean shorts to this party. I mean, I have to say, I was kind of turned on, honestly, but like weird, very strange. Well, it's a, it's a statement, isn't it? She doesn't respect the the wedding. She doesn't respect the the empire. So she's wearing something bold to make a statement. And you know, hmm. you're you're assuming that she's a woman, by the way. Don't don't assume her gender, please. No, they called her a her, and she she was the sister of Haru or whatever her name was. Hara. Yeah, Haru and Saku. Haru and Saku. Saki and yeah, yeah. Sushi and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um. The other thing about this episode that was strange was um, this kind of Hellraiser transgender Voldemort villain character who comes in wearing these weird uh, earrings and looks a bit like the Zeus character in 300 as well. That that was really an odd choice for his design. Um, but I guess there is like this sort of pale villain trope that runs through <laughs> Japanese stuff. Yeah, but isn't there also a race in in Star Wars that looks like that? The one that comes uh, to mind in my mind is Sail Barge in at Jabba's palace, but he wasn't as pale, but he had that thing on the back of his head kind of thing. 
Oh, You're yeah. about Azumi or Azumu, whatever the hell his name was. Right, yeah. Yeah. He just looks no, I, very I, weird. I thought the I thought the the fight was cool and I thought that having the Jedi whatever she was, uh, Jedi trainer, Padawan, they never really I don't I think they didn't really actually say Jedi, did they? I think um, they said I am a Jedi. Oh, okay. Yeah. But that that battle was cool, but she felt like a superfluous to the the other story, the wedding story. It was almost like, is this is this Haru's story or the Jedi? Was she F? Was that the one that was just F? Maybe, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. her name was just F. Like, you know, put your Fs up for F. Well, and, and then the other part that was also fan. strange was, was that at the end, who saves the day, but it's the guy who's standing on the cliff, kind of like the Tusken Raider in the Phantom Menace taking pop shots at the Padres as he's like standing up there with this sniper gun and just... His helmet is a grenade. Yeah, <laughs> that just seems check out really my cool. Helmet, really <laughs> ill-conceived. <laughs> like, um, and just chucks it down like into their spaceship. Here's an idea: whatever makes your helmet a, degr- a grenade, just make grenades. <laughs> <laughs> now you gotta buy a new helmet, right? And, You're and like, have ah, a helmet. Like, every time uh, you use your helmet, you gotta get a new one because it's like a one, one and done kind of thing. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. So anyway, that, that's why they made a comment about, oh, you're wearing a helmet? Like, oh, you're wearing a grenade on your head? That's really stupid. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh, boy, Teeb. So we're about halfway through these episodes. The The one that is the hump that we have to get over mm. is a doozy of an episode number five. Right in the middle, the ninth Jedi, which, I mean, come on, the seventh samurai, like... Talk about on the Pinocchio nose with this one. Pinocchio. Yeah, we'll get to Pinocchio. We definitely will. So, yeah, the Ninth Jedi, I thought was actually, again, as I was watching them, it was like the next one I watched was my favorite. Um, And the Ninth Jedi, I really really appreciated the the twist kind of thing where you find out that they were actually all Sith. That was cool, I thought. I was confused by that because... Um, they did have to explain it at the end. Like, he did have to say, well, these Sith killed the Jedi, and then the Sith were sent in their stead. Yeah, I mean, I was wondering, like, why he even would call Sith Acolytes to do this. Like, that, you know, didn't make any sense. So the fact that they were, like, sort of hiding out as Jedi makes sense. Um, But why would they act like Jedi? Is that because they knew that one of them wasn't actually a Sith? And they... Yes, it was a trap. Basically, it was a Jedi trap, like a beacon kind of thing. I think there was a right. It was an episode or one of the movies or something where they had a a, a beacon that was calling out. Yeah, it was in Order sixty six, wasn't it? And it was calling yes, the Jedi to the temple, like, come back to the temple and be murdered. So it was kind of like that. It was again derivative, but it was it was like that. It was okay, Jedi, come here. We're gonna kind of start up a new order or whatever. And then you get there and you get murdered by a Sith. So mm. that was like what they had been doing probably the entire time. And then they would just replace that guy with, you know, a Sith hmm. and trick the next guy and so on. Kinda but like then the Margrave, siren, I guess. the Margrave was actually a good guy when we were supposed to think right. he might be a bad guy the whole time. So there was like that nice little flip there. The the reverse Scooby-Doo ending, I would like to call this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then also, why was he hiding in a droid? What? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. just weird. Took off his mask and cool, he's a good but... guy. 
Like, yeah, that's a very that's Japanese thing, I think. Right. To hide the good guy. Like usually the bad guy is the one who comes out with a secret identity. But in this one, it's the good guy. Exactly. That's what I, I appreciated about it was that that twist where it was you're rooting for the wrong people the whole time. I mean, it was kind of hard to root for anybody, though. That was my my only problem with the with a lot of these is that it's almost like you're you're taking a page from a bigger story. Mm. And I don't know anything before it. And I hope there's some stuff after. Um, I hope there's some sequels to some of these. I like mean, it seemed uh, they were setting themselves up for that a little bit with narratives, right? Like what will happen absolutely. to my sister now? And what will, you know, will I become a Jedi now that my father is dead or, or gone or where is he? Who knows? Right. Exactly. So, by yeah. the way, uh, you know, one thing we haven't talked about from this episode, the ninth Jedi is the, the Jedi um, lightsaber maker um, mm. who makes these length changing lightsabers. Um, so this really changes the whole way kyber crystals operate and how they respond to the force. First of all, because I was under the impression that only Jedis could make uh, lightsabers because it's such a technical task. You need to use the force to do it. Apparently that's out the window now. I made mine in Orlando, so, I mean, I don't have any powers. Right, yeah, that, that really felt like we were going to that lightsaber store uh, at a Galaxy's Edge. Batu. But it seems to be that the new method, the new heuristic, is that you need to get, like, all hot and horny in the force and then you get like a larger saber boner as a reward like you can make it larger and bigger and smaller <laughs> the more force you suck up um, well then that's more like the schwartz if you've ever it watched is. Spaceballs, you know because that that so they're basically ripping off space balls now because in space balls you can make it longer and shorter and i thought it was more interesting the fact that she didn't get a color yet like wh why is there so much emphasis on colors in in the in these Japanese visions like wh why is color so important well then we they don't, got, I don't see color I so, think it, it almost felt like the whole thing with the color was to build up that moment where all of the other Jedi's sabers were red I mean which was quite dramatic but like kind of yeah. a little bit I don't know just convoluted that's the word I would use for this episode convoluted yeah not terrible, yeah. but, but but terribly and I, I had a hard time knowing who to root for too or not who to root for but who was the protagonist was it the little girl who whose father was the swordmaster was it the margrave was it the yeah. guy ethan or whatever his name was that that showed up and figured out what was going on there's there was a lot of protagonists in this one that was hard to this is where our um culturally sensitive listeners can write in on twitter and let us know if we are just punching down in cultural elitism on different japanese rhetorical narrative techniques or if we genuinely are have a point here that this was convoluted even in Japanese. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, it might be that this is a, a very distinct, uh, unique storytelling style that that we're just not that familiar with. I know some. whenever you're writing hmm. a screenplay or something like that, the first thing they want to know is who's the protagonist? Who's the hero? Hmm. Who's the star, right? And I had a hard time with, with a few of these finding that. So, so it, maybe it, is it could Japanese be that thing. we are culturally elite and that's blinded us to understand the richness of this episode, Teeb. There is also a distinct possibility that you and I are just idiots. It's possible too. <laughs> <laughs> In any case. Um, so I know your favorite episode is coming up next. V Visions yeah. episode six. T-O-B-Wan. Uh, T-O-B-Wan? Oh Toby-Wan? I swear to God, so, I thought he called him three different things. T-O-B-Wan. Which, you know, and then Toby. I swear to God, I thought I heard him call him Toby. This is one of the ones that I watched kind of um, 
late at night and I had to like rewind it a couple times, which really infuriated me even more because I kept falling asleep and I'm like, God, I got to keep rewinding this Pinocchio crap. Like it was really annoying me. This is kept... hilarious because, you know, I actually wrote down in the notes as I was watching it that this is kind of like Geppetto and Pinocchio. Oh, it's with not the professor. kind of. It's completely. And then, you, and then you actually tweeted a meme of Pinocchio as well. So I, I felt like we had some great synergy there. Oh, definitely. I mean, I can't I can't imagine anybody else watching this and not immediately seeing Pinocchio. But I will say this. I, I, I read um, some of the... Uh, the uh, I'm a real Jedi! Visions guide. Uh, Visions guide or whatever on StarWars.com. And they said that... Um, they said he didn't have any arms. I didn't notice that. Did you notice that the Geppetto guy didn't have arms? He had a weird... Yeah, that was strange. That's why he needed Toby to help him, right? To do the research? Ah, so I guess. I totally didn't catch that. Yeah. I might yeah. have been really out of it watching that one and just really, or just really hated it and blocked a lot of it out. But <laughs> yeah, they were like, yeah, he didn't have arms. They're like, wait, he didn't have arms? <laughs> I didn't catch that. No, so, I didn't. I didn't realize that either, to be honest with you. But he died so early on in the episode, it didn't really matter. Yeah. He like walls him up like the Cascavata Milanto, 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 whatever the hell it is, the Edgar Allan Poe. He he gives him like a broken lightsaber and he's like, here, hang out in the dark while I get murdered. And then that was he, also a very Rogue One thing to do to hide him out. You know that that happened to Jyn Erso as well. Yeah, true, true. Again, derivative. Um, mm -hmm. God, I just talking about mary sue what is a mary sue child droid called that's what this guy was i just call him toby the albino android toby the albino android oh. yeah um, man and then they said that he's a child droid so that just gave me implications of well okay so is he like bart simpson like he's never gonna age like he was built as a child droid and that's his life like uh like a vampire in the interview with a vampire when kirsten dunst gets turned into a vampire as is you know, as a kid and has to be a vampire as a kid for like the rest of eternity? Or is he going to age? And they, he didn't age because they even showed like the passage of time with like the rocks when the the trees were growing again on the planet. Yeah. So when I he mean, brought back life. Yeah. He's going to be this annoying little weird kid. I, to me, he was like Astro Boy, which I've never watched Astro Boy. And I'm guessing that's kind of what he was more an homage to than Pinocchio. But I don't know. Hmm. I I don't like I didn't like um anything about that episode. Uh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you. Um and the 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 Geppetto character, the professor reminded me a lot of like a positive Dr. Robotnik looking guy. That's kind of who he looks like, doesn't he? It's sort of a Santa Claus like yeah. big old fat jolly guy. Um which is also a trope I guess in Japanese uh lore the the big fat smart wise guy um kind of oh. buddhist like a buddha hmm. yeah um what is the obsession with kyber in all these episodes i mean for for many years kyber crystals were not even really mentioned in the movies at all like i don't think they're in the original trilogy no. at all no uh i don't think they're in any of the all that happens Star is Skywalker saga. Luke, yeah, all that happens is Darth Vader says to Luke, "Oh, I see you've constructed your your lightsaber. Now yeah. your training is complete. Like, okay, you're good now." He never says Kyber crystal. I think it was in the books. Actually, I think it was in the the, the legends. 
Rogue uh, One brought it in, of course. Um, yeah, uh, that's Anyway says, you know, oh, the the largest stars have hearts of Kyber, um, which is fine. Just a little little thing, you know, to explain the jewelry that she's wearing. Um, but I think four or five of these episodes they center around Kyber crystals. Mm-hmm. Um, so didn't they do any like script comps between? The different no, studios no, no, making no. like it was I, very similar in a lot of these episodes. I watched this thing when I was overseas, and it was kind of cool. They had this, this very similar. They had like three or four different animation studios, and they had a, a starting point that all the starting point had to be the exact same, right? So it, it was like everything blended together. Um, how do I describe it? It's like if if the starting point has to be a red dot in the center of the screen, right? You can yep. make your animation anything you want as long as it ends with a red dot in the end so that the next guy, his thing can start with that. Start so with a like, red dot, too. So there was continuity in some sense. With Visions, like you said, uh, I don't think they talked at all. No. It was just like um, because they, they really kind of, uh, you know, told the same story in a, in, a, in a lot of them. And again, it was about kyber crystals and getting your lightsaber and getting your color and, you know, this kind of stuff. And and it, with uh, with Toby-1 or Tob- T-O-B-1, whatever the hell his name is, the whole time the freaking crystal was in his chest his, his, <laughs> and Geppetto never told him and he finally just kind of, he fell over Breaks and he's it like, out. Uh, yeah. whoops, ding, oh, hey, look at that, I have a crystal in me. Like, yeah, you might have wanted to scan yourself i don't know whatever i hated that one so much i just really did and was that guy supposed to be darth vader or something the guy that he fought he was just supposed to be an inquisitor jedi inquisitor yeah they were cool their design was really cool but i have to say with all the problems we've identified a little bit you know up to this episode i just feel like this is a bit like disney just throwing slops to the pigs man uh it's like hey this will taste good let's throw that out there and and it's sad because the animation is really good. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of anime. Um, I don't hate it. It had so much potential to be um, more captivating. I mean, the the whole Star Wars Japanese connection is so obvious. But I felt like they didn't take it far enough. They they had the chance to really develop some backstory um, rather than just do, do these sort of I don't know. I, feel that was, I think I think that was by design, though. I think that they wanted to take a story that's in the middle of a story and just give them free reign, like you said. Like, uh, yeah. But but again, there was certain things that I felt like maybe they had been given some direction about, like like the Kyber crystals or like the. I have a bad feeling about this. I swear, I heard that in just about it. Even I think the duel. There wasn't any of the main characters that said it, but I think it was the. The village guy, the the guy. Yeah, I know the, a lot. A lot guy. of them did have it. Um, yeah, especially the later episodes. So I almost felt like they had that kind of direction from Disney, like throw in a couple little things at the fan, you know, fan service, but go nuts, make it whatever you want to make it after that. And I don't, and we don't necessarily care if if anything is established as far as characters or story. Just tell a, a section of the story, and they didn't give them a lot of time, really. What were they like? 12 minutes long each or something like that between 15 and 30 i think in general but yeah i mean give me an hour of the ninth the ninth jedi right give me mm-hmm. an hour of the twins exactly and give me an hour of lope and ocho and i'm there for it <laughs> 
you know, it it the the thing about all these extra things to me is it it only works if it if it like you said if it starts as Star Wars, you know, but then it takes me somewhere that the you know, the movies just can't go. Um, mm-hmm. but I I really felt like a lot of the places they went was stuff we've seen sort of like in the Mandalorian, like when he goes to that planet and they're they're you know the shrimp planet that reminded me a lot of like the planet where they're having the wedding and there's just this like poor group of people that are being taken over by you know some other bad people and and they're just I don't know they just didn't go where you could. Uh, right. The, the sky was the limit, more... and they and they kept themselves in a box. Yeah, they could have gotten more yeah. into like spirituality, uh, other aspects of character. Um, that I just I don't think they did. I will say it was interesting the idea of having a a droid, uh, you know, using the force. Like so, so Mataka, um, apparently, uh, I guess is a Jedi, right? I mean, he he's a secret Jedi, um, and he has this legacy to to hold up. Um, and that's kind of cool. Like that, that, that was okay. But, but just the way it's executed, it just fell on its face. Mm. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not bashing other than the Toby one. Uh, I'm not really bashing any of the, the visions. I think that it's mm-hmm. bold to, to try and do anything in the star Wars universe because star Wars people that? are such jerks. You know, the, the, the yeah. fans are so, are so, are so fickle. And right. uh, especially people my age where, you know, we're all original trilogy is what we grew up on. And that's what we honestly hold everything against. So if it's not as good as that to us, then it's like, oh, that's nice. But I don't know. Like I said, so, there's only a couple of the visions that I felt like were really germane to Star Wars and really felt like Star Wars to me. So thinking, speaking of old people, um, episode seven is entitled in Japanese, Eruda, which means the elder. Um, mm-hmm. So Tajin or Tajin, Tajin, is that a reference to that Mexican spice? Uh, and then his Padawan, Dan. Like, Dan. Like what? Yeah, Dan. <laughs> you, have a, you have a Jedi Tajin, uh, you know, which is like, a, I think, an Indian food uh, style of cooking. And then Padawan Dan, Lieutenant Dan, um, <laughs> who's like the most positive, boring character yes. That yes. you could ever imagine. I mean, it was like he so clearly wanted to hump his master, and he's like looking for more action, and he's like winking at the local chicks on the planet that they land on, and it's like, who is this absolute Damn. bizarre like pervert? I mean, he's like a frat boy, you know, like he just gets on a on a, a Jedi cruiser and he goes for a spin. He's like, hey, I'm I'm a Jedi. Yeah, let's have some action, baby. Oh, yeah. That is weird. <laughs> yeah. Dan was is definitely not going to be somebody that I think that anybody is going to gravitate towards at all because he was, like, basically a tapioca pudding of a character i mean the best thing he could have done he didn't even do that right the best thing he could have done is die sacrifice and oh dan padawan the boba tea is strong with you but i know this you aren't a great character the elder cuts him down (laughs) this guy who's like this massive assassin who's been bored for generations because he has nobody worth killing and so he cuts him down but he doesn't follow through and kill the guy 
So right. at the end, Dan is kind of like walking around like, oh, gee, fiddly dinks, that really sucked. You know, I got hurt a little bit there. Yeah, I thought he was dead. And I was like, oh, Me too. damn. Now this is interesting because, one, they killed this guy who was completely boring and useless, and that's fine. And the guy, the elder guy, was so much more evil at that point and interesting because he had no remorse, no mercy, and then it didn't matter at all because it was like, nope, whoopsie, you died because you were old. That was basically the message of this 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 episode was you died because you were older than the person that you were fighting. And and the the, the Jedi Master even says that. Time killed him. Yes, yeah, we did not kill, kill him. Like, no, if I, had, him. if I had fought him like 20 years ago, he'd have kicked my balls is basically what he said. And he probably would have killed you too, Dan. <laughs> yeah, but I, you Not know, just the the other you. thing that <laughs> the the other thing that killed him was you know the Reservoir Dogs ending where he woke up from the dead and like you know it distracted him so that he got killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I kind of like the Reservoir Dogs ending. I always I always like it when a dead person isn't dead and they they kill the villain. That was cool. So yeah, yeah, it was okay. That episode was okay. I liked the Elder's character. He he had a very cool triple goatee, like a trident goatee. Which I'm oh, a fan of. He was creepy, man. He was. Mm-hmm. He was. He, again, he he could have been a lot. Uh, uh, he could have been executed a lot better in, in every sense of yeah. the word. Well, we'll get to this after you know we we get through the last two episodes. I want to find out you know who your favorite uh, character is that you'd like to see more of. But um, I I think I know the answer already. But <laughs> getting into <laughs> episode eight here, Lop or Lope, Lop and Ocho, um. By the way, I just want to add this little detail, biological detail. Lop actually is an English word. Mm-hmm. It's referring to a kind of rabbit yes. that has these droopy, droopy ears. Not not all rabbits have these tense, erect ears. You know that are that are so, some of them are a little bit more flaccid and droopy. And uh, I guess that is the inspiration for Lop's character and appearance. Yes, but Lop is a female, as far as you with know. Flaccid, floppy ears. Did they ever say she was a girl? I mean, I'm reading a synopsis uh, that refers to her as a girl. A girl rabbit. What's a girl rabbit called? Mm. A hair heroine? A harlot. Her- a harlot. Harlot? Did you just yeah, make, you made know. that up. That's not a thing. I did. <laughs> a harlot, <not>. maybe. <laughs> a hair lip. A hair lip? <laughs> a hair lip. <laughs> Jeez. Well, in my uh, mind, Lope, Lop goes and she runs off and she ends up on Earth and she meets Peter Rabbit. And, and General <laughs> Hux is there with Peter Rabbit, and they all have a big, happy family, and they live in Scotland together. And she doesn't have to worry about the Empire for three more years, because in three years, the Empire eventually invades Earth. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, no, Lop and Ocho was my favorite, 100%. Well, what was it about Lop that you liked so much? Well, my favorite anime of all time is Nausicaa Valley of the Wind, which it immediately reminded me of that animation style. So I was like yeah. locked in already on the on the characters because I gelled with that style, right? And I know I've 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 seen that sure. from other people that either liked or didn't like visions. Like they either liked anime, uh, and they liked the the different style, or they didn't, right? And so mm. they gravitated towards mm. it or against it for those reasons. But that was initially what I liked about it, and then I thought it was cool to have a non-human character as the protagonist and somebody who started off as um a slave <laughs> right uh, she was an imperial <laughs> slave 
Very Star Wars uh, yeah. to do that. Again, derivative. Everything is derivative, though. I mean, there's only three stories in Hollywood, right? Boy meets girl, et cetera, et cetera. So, of course. Um, and I thought it was cool how there was that shift. In the beginning, she was convincing her father that Lop was part of the family, and he was like, you just want to bring around all these riffraff, and you're, you know, you're too kind, and your heart is too big, and we don't have room for this person, but whatever, I'll just I'll allow it. And at the end, it was just the opposite. He adopted her as his daughter in, in every way that he possibly could by giving her the lightsaber. And then the sister, uh, Ocho, was basically like, you're not even in my family, right? And and then the droid dies, the, the droid that took the, the, the photo. I mean, that that's like, to me, that's like a Japanese story, right? It's got this despair. For sure and family and like shifts of loyalty and what it really means to have honor and that, that that to me that was like that was what i was wanting from every single episode of visions was what i got from lope and ocho amazing amazing yeah oh incidentally i i forgot to mention uh you may not have been aware of this um the character in episode seven that we discussed uh tajin Yes. You know, the character of Tajine was played by in English. Do, do you know who it was played by? Matt Bomer. No, actually, David Harbour. Is you know that the guy from, from Stranger Things? It is. It's, um, it's, um, uh, what's his name? Nucky Thompson. No, um, <laughs> not Nucky Thompson. What, that's, uh, what's that's his name? Steve Buscemi. I know. What's his name? Uh, Penny Peppy. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. The father on Stranger Things. Hopper. 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 <laughs> Petty. Hopper. Popper. Yeah, yeah. Popper. 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 Hopper. Yes. Hopper. Uh, yes. Anyway, uh, David Harbour, who plays um, Hopper on Stranger Things, yes, actually voiced the English version of this. And it, you know, this this uh, episode, uh, Akakira, right? Um, I'm sorry about uh, Lapanocho. Sorry, Lapanocho. This episode, to me requires you to listen to it in Japanese. Really? Um, I think so, because it's just, it's too weird to see like a talking rabbit Jedi in English, but somehow when it's passing through that filter of Japanese, it just, I, for, for me, it has a little bit more compelling um, nature to it. That's interesting because that's one of the reasons I don't want to see Squid Game is because I don't like dubbing. I prefer subtitles. So I would, right, uh, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, I think you have to watch this one in the original Japanese. But there is no um, actual rabbit that can talk, you know. So, but if they could, they would s- speak Japanese. They'd speak Japanese. Okay. Yes. In my <laughs> mind, all Japanese speak speak. Uh, so all you Japanese could tell when the fake in my mind, all mouth was moving that it wasn't speaking proper English. It was speaking yeah, Japanese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you're basically even saying. even the rabbit in um the Monty Python quest for the Holy Grail, you know, that attacks the guys and decapitates them. <laughs> even in my mind, that rabbit also speaks Japanese. Um, so. Yeah. Rabbits speak Japanese. Right. You heard it here first. So the last episode here. <laughs> let's let's do this. Um, episode nine, Akakiri. Uh, about the uh, uh, there's a lot of background here. The extinction of the Sith, hated, hated, Subaki, hated the animation wielding, style, hated his it. dark side aunt Masago. Uh, what do you think about this episode? I, I hated. A- admittedly, the I style. did not watch this one in its entirety. Okay, well, well, I did not care for the animation style. It reminded me of this really good anime that I watched when I was a kid in the '70s, Jack and the Beanstalk. Now, if you ever have a chance, anybody oh. who's really into anime needs to check out this 1970s Jack and the Beanstalk. It's like 
one of the best things you'll ever see with with anime. It had almost that going for it with the style, but it had this kind of waviness to it. If you know what I'm talking about, like her her the 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 main character, she looked like she was like not on a straight line. She looked like she was wave, and it just kind of hmm. took me out of it the whole time, like almost like a wisp or a ghost or a spirit, and it was like. I'm already having a hard time connecting with these characters as it is. So I liked the story. Um, I liked the twist again. Uh, I liked, I mean, it was again, derivative of Anakin having to turn to the dark side to save somebody that he loved. And that's essentially what the uh, Akakira or whatever his name is. That's what he does, right? He ends up having to, sacrifice his allegiance to the dark master so that he can bring her or that was the deal actually to save her life right is that now you're my my servant which i thought was kind of cool because at least in this version i believe she lives right she brings her back from from death right they they resurrect unlike the emperor so we can now derive the the notion that this sith master is more powerful than the than the emperor or at least the emperor didn't really want to try and save padme because he's a jerk which probably makes a lot more sense um interesting uh interesting fun fact about this episode teeb mm -hmm. uh do you know who played in the english version the guide of senshu i want to say benedict wong no, I'll give you a hint. It's somebody who is well known in the meme Twitter world for some humorous uh, content. Nathan Fillion. No, and couple that with somebody. Uh, this this person also is famous for starring in a sci-fi series on their own. George Takei. Correct, George uh... Takei. He actually uh, uh, has lent his voice to. Um, to this Shen, Shenshu, Shenshu character, so that's cool. A lot of big names doing voiceover work for this show, amazingly enough. Yeah, I forgot the key on that. Um, I really like that, too, when I'm watching anime or cartoons or anything you know, um, with, with voice actors. I'm always trying to figure out who it is. Um, I, hmm. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Nathan Fillion do one of the voices? Nathan Fillion? I don't know. Let me check. Uh, From remind Firefly, me that Firefly, Mal. Oh, maybe so. Yeah, uh, Nathan. Fillion. Not getting it. No, I'm not. Not coming up. Hmm. Um, maybe not then. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe so, but yeah. So for our fans to check and, and alert us to on Twitter later. So I feel like there's All definitely right, opportunity for Nathan Fillion to be in something Star Wars related. I mean, Jesus, he's Firefly. Yeah. That's you know absolutely speaking lent, of derivative. It definitely lends itself. Maybe maybe they're holding out on him for an actual starring role, you know, a uh, live action role or something. Nah, I think he's kind of over those. I think yeah. he should stick to voice work. A lot of these guys should stick to voice work. I kind of like us, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, another interesting one uh, for voice work, Christopher Sean actually from uh, Resistance. Resistance. He yeah. did. He did. Um, Asu in the Village Bride. He was the husband character. Asu. Ah, Asu. Thought he worked his way in there somehow. I mean, that that's like a very kind of depressing, uh, like concession for somebody who had been is all hyped up. Is he He's Japanese? Is he Japanese American? Part or is Japanese he American. Korean? I think. Yeah, no Japanese. Yeah, that's I think cool. he has Japanese ancestry. 
Um, Jay. By the way, a lot of my friends are Asians, by the way. So anybody oh. who thinks that I might be pooping on Asian culture doesn't know anything about me. I think that the Asians have really cool culture. I ate ramen for lunch today, Teeb. I had not ramen. I'll mm. leave it at that. It was hot dogs. Sad hot dogs. Ew. <laughs> you were you were appropriating German culture. Cultural yeah. appropriation of Germany Germans. Yeah, the German culture, we have some problems. We have yes. some bad times. <laughs> uh, another <laughs> one, jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt played Jay in episode two, Tatooine Rhapsody. Um, was he the lead? Was that the lead? I think it was. Yeah, it was. He was the lead yeah. singer. Um, very who forgettable. Gee? Who role. played Geezer? I don't know who played Geezer. Because he was the uh, you know the savior guy, the 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 fat guy. I don't know. Who played that one. Jolly. One of them was a hut, right? Yeah, he With was the, the hut. Yeah, Gee. Gee, yeah, Gee. Um. You're supposed to be, it was Geezer, and you, short for, it was Gee for sure. Right, right. I don't know who played Gee. Um, does not say here on Wikipedia, at least, but. Interesting. Yeah. In any case, so Disney pulling out the stops and the voice work. Um, I don't want to totally crap on this show. I, I didn't, I didn't hate it, you know? I just, there's a lot of it that I just didn't get. Uh, it just didn't captivate me. It didn't give me a lightsaber in my pants. But the, you know, let's let's be positive here. Which character or which story do you think would lend itself to more development in the live action uh, world of Star Wars? Live action. If you had to pick one little story or one character that you would like to see more of, I mean, you know, I'm gonna say Lop. <laughs> I like, just really, I don't know why, I just really connected with that character. But you know that's going to be like a Gungan, like if it's live action, it's going to be so silly. I don't silly. want it to be a Gungan. There's no to way stupid. to do that serious. Like it That's just why when you said goofy. live action, I was like, <sighs> I want to see it expanded. I want to see that anime expanded as an anime. That story, those characters, that, that hmm. art, right? That moving art. I don't want to see it live action. If I have to pick a live action one, I would say the ninth Jedi is the one I would choose for live action. Yeah. I would I would agree that the Margrave Drew definitely would lend itself to live action. Um uh played by Andrew Kishino. I'm not sure what else Andrew has done, but uh very cool character, I thought. Um a lot of backstory there that didn't get explored and would definitely lend itself to live action. Um it felt a little bit like some episodes of Clone Wars even. Uh, where they're doing the exploration. A lot of Clone Wars had, like, Jedi Padawans exploring something that, like, Yoda put them on some little quest or something. So, to me, that that felt very Star Wars um, and I think could be adapted easily. Uh, specifically, the character of Margrave. I, I, I would like to see a little bobblehead doll of him uh, on my bookshelf in the future. Enjoyed form or human form? Both. It'll be like a Transformer. You know, this is going to be the melding of Transformers open up. and Star Wars. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Margrave sense. toilet paper, Margrave hats, Margrave Oreo <laughs> cookies, Margrave toilet paper, you know everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Well, uh, well, what do you no. Think? Let's go to that. Let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about merchandising. Mm-hmm. We ha- I haven't seen very much talk about merchandising from Visions. Is there a reason for that? Is there like some kind of copyright thing going on with like Japan? Or I doubt it. I mean, let me let me see. Let me do a quick search here and see if there's any merch available for this. Um, like officially licensed Star Wars Disney merch. I'm sure there's t-shirts. There always are t-shirts. Yeah. 
Remember, you can always get t-shirts. T-shirts are the hot dogs of uh, film merchandise. <laughs> well, you can always get t-shirts at you know T Public uh, at Faking Star Wars. That's true. Yes, we do have a lot of great T-shirts on offer at uh, bit.ly slash FSWmerch. Um, and if you'd like us to do a Vision shirt, shoot us a tweet and tell us what you'd like to see because we'll put it up there at least for a few weeks before Disney kicks it off again. Um, You know, I'm seeing some socks, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so it, it looks like um, uh, Lop has a pair of socks. See, no, I want like action Lop figures. Socks. I want like real merchandise. Yeah, other than that, I'm not seeing much yet, bud. Maybe they're waiting for Christmas to roll it out. Um, well, we're not gonna have anything for Christmas. Mike, That's already Mike been established. Mike control, say it again. Yeah, we we're not gonna get anything for Christmas. We've already established that. Okay, it, I guess that was on Twitter. They said know, that there's not gonna be anything at Christmas. Maybe they're trying to like not saturate the market because. They have other stuff in mind for like the Boba Fett show and, and other stuff like with the Mandalorian, so they want to like hold off on that all, you know, entirely. Um, I don't know. But I want like a live, life, full life size lop that I can, you know, right. put in my room and have her look at me while I sleep at night. You may have Just to. Know she's there. You may have to get a 3D printer and, and build it yourself DIY. That that would be ingenious if Disney started to sell like the the plans for three D printed toys, um, because Ooh. enough people have three D printers now that they could just like sell the plans. They wouldn't even have to make it, which I mean they would just be literally selling you like the the bits to like you know put on a USB key and put in your three um, <laughs> D printer like absolutely no overhead whatsoever. Uh, just pay some 12-year-old to design some 3D printer. How would they get for... money out of that, though? Once they sell the design, it's out on the internet forever. Oh, that is true. I'm sure they have some way of, like, protecting it, but... Um, the FBI? Yeah, I don't know. You, Yeah, you're probably <laughs> right about that. They send Lop to your doorstep. This bunny arrives and slices you down. Um, eh, so what, where do you see the future going of, of Visions? Is this a one-off? Is this done? Uh, or is it going to be... Are you waiting for a second season on this? I would like to see a second season for some of them. Um, I don't know if Disney's savvy enough to know which ones to make sequels of. They'll probably just either give you all or nothing. You'll either get all of season two, which will be a continuation of all of the stories, or, you know, nothing. No season two. Like, that was it. We had fun doing that. Or, let's explore this. Why not do other cultures? Why not have French stories? <laughs> or the pink, Portuguese stories? The Pink like, Panther? Why, not, why, why, why limit it to the Japan? Like not not necessarily have to be anime. It could be other things. Like that guy who did the Turkish Spider Man. Let's see a Turkish Star Wars visions. <laughs> why not? Yeah, I mean, why not just let uh, every major studio create some Star Wars content? I mean, they could have just like um, you know, a Swedish version uh, where everybody <laughs> is running around in the forest in black and white, um, very abstract, like playing you chess. Know, rush. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, according to Inverse, um, there is nothing planned right now uh, for a second uh, season. Um, it seems to be based on audience response, which has been fairly blasé, I would say. 
Uh, and so it seems unlikely that we're going to get a second season of Visions. There are going to be well, some I blame novels. myself. I blame myself because I had to have the damn tooth extracted because it was causing all sorts of problems. And we didn't record the podcast in time. And so now there's not enough interest. And so because Faking Star Wars Radio didn't put out an episode on Visions in time, now they're not going to have a sequel because the attention span at Disney is short. That's right. That's right. I mean, the novel. All our fault. The novel Star Wars Visions Ronin is uh, set for release or has already released this month uh, of October that we're in. So it's not like we're totally behind the gun here, team. I mean, there were nine episodes to get through, and I, you know, I do have a lot of pizza to eat. So let's remember that. I mean, yeah, they were like twelve minutes long. <laughs> How long was Squid Game? But you watched like all of Squid Game in like a weekend. Oh, Squid Game! Hey, kept texting me every five minutes at two o'clock in the morning. Oh my god, my brain is exploding <laughs> in my head. Squid Game, Squid Game. Did I and actually I'm like, text? Hello, you? Visions. Hello, hello, Visions. No, Squid Game. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, the novel just released two days ago, or October twelfth. Ah, novels. I don't want words. I don't want words that make me make up pictures in my brain. I want somebody else to make the pictures. Animation novels, you know. This is a thing. Oh, graphic novels. I assume so. Yeah. Ah. I assume it's a graphic novel. All right. If it isn't, that is a very strange choice since the whole point of this is the art style. But, um, (laughs) well, yeah. (laughs) Let's see. Uh, So, so, um, apparently the writer, Candon, his last name's Candon, who is, uh, he says that, um, Emma Emma Candon, oh, a female writer. That's great. Uh, apparently, she says that. Um, Why is it great that she's okay? A female okay, so writer? so apparently, Why, Emma yeah. Candon says that the duel or that show is very much a you know a conversation about like the dramas of Akira Kurosawa and feeling like an extension of that. Um, and so I guess that she is going to be exploring that in the story, um, reflecting duel, and then also uh, so she's. She's trying to um, work. Oh, wow. This is interesting. She says, a Star Wars movie made me get representation, and I've tried to honor that feeling in this book for my own sake and for other people, Candon says. Besides being Japanese, I'm also a chronically ill queer cyborg, and all of that showed up in some regard. (laughs) What? Okay. She's a chronically ill queer cyborg? Apparently, yeah. I, I hope those things are independent, you know, uh, and not related. Um, but, yeah, I guess so. So there's a lot a lot more going on here underneath the surface in terms of identity politics than meets the eye. He's not just a Ronin, uh, Teeb. There's a whole bunch that's going into this. So um, are you? do you know Candon? What, what else has she done? She says she got representation. Does that mean she... Was in Star Wars. Worked on something with Star Wars in one of the movies. Yeah. Emma Miko Candon. I don't know. Emma Miko Candon. I should know this. We're supposed. This is our job to know this stuff, Teeb, and we're failing. Uh, I'm you, failing. You don't pay me enough. <laughs> you don't pay me enough for that research. I'm not a dramaturg. So she's born in Hawaii. She's chronically ill. <laughs> she's a cyborg. <laughs> she's queer. <laughs> What does that have to do with her characters in the duel? She did the duel? Uh yeah, so I guess she she wrote no, she wrote the novel, which is the tie-in to the Vision oh, short okay. short, right? Okay. Um weird. 
There's no I other. I did not know that anybody in that was a cyborg. There's no other. For sure. Yeah, I didn't know that or either. Or queer. But apparently she is a cyborg. Um, and honestly, I feel bad that she's chronically ill. Like, let me just put that out there. That sucks. I have to say, if you if you look at the picture of her, it's not hard to believe that she's chronically ill. Um, because she doesn't have any lips. <laughs> oh, oh no. like she's not she's not gonna get cast in any movies anytime soon for her looks. Uh, mm. yeah, it's too bad. I'm sorry, Emma. Um, she actually kind of reminds me a bit of Rose Tico in a way. Um, but yeah, I don't know what her disease is. I uh, hope it's nothing serious. Sorry, Emma. Um, we should take this part. I, out. Again, I I I didn't. I liked the duel. I didn't hate it. It was just so yeah. like like uh, no exposition at all. <laughs> you know, it's just that, this guy comes into town and this girl tries to kill him. The end. That's what Emma's gonna do. I think is is back it all up and explain how this character resulted and all the backstory about all this. So, yeah. So she's uniquely yeah. suited to doing that because she is a chronically ill um queer cyborg. queer cyborg. Yeah. Interesting. She, interesting that she didn't say droid. That she said cyborg. Because in hmm. Star Wars context, you don't say cyborg, right? No. You'd say droid or right. half droid or droid like or I mean, okay, is is Luke Skywalker a cyborg? Is Darth Vader a cyborg? Darth Vader is he's cyborg. He's not a droid. Yeah, I mean, to me, a cyborg is somebody who started as a machine and you added. Or started as a human and and was you know got robotic additions. Well, that's Darth Vader in a nutshell. Yeah, so I, I guess he's a. So cyborg. is she trying to say that somebody that Ronan is a cyborg? I don't know. We'll have to buy the book, I guess, we'll to find to, uh, out. I don't want to buy books. <laughs> <laughs> so apparent. I'm reading her biography now, um, and she has she is an actual cyborg whose blood has been taken for science. Jesus. Huh. Fascinating. She does not go into details about why her blood is special, but she does have two cute pictures of cats on her website. So there's that. <laughs> is she like a freaking alien? I don't know. She She's very interesting. Um, wow. I'm super curious why her blood is being taken by science. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe she's like Baby Yoda. She's They're going to clone her and use her to like uh. create a whole army of authors to write more Star Wars fiction to supplant the uh, narrative dearth. <laughs> well, I don't had. mind that. As long as, they, as long as they flesh out some of these stories <laughs> that need fleshing out, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Other uh, than the Toby one, I could care less about that. They can put that in a vacuum of space and launch it into a toilet. Right. If you haven't bought it yet, uh, go out and buy Ronin, a Visions novel um, by our lovely new mascot of the podcast, Emma Miko Kandon. I'm going to try to contact her and see if she'll come on the podcast. I think that's a great idea. I should probably cut out the more disparaging remarks that we made about her appearance and lips. I thought she was like deformed or something. The <laughs> way you were describing her, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I wear a mask. Like, oh, now you, you know why. I have a very discerning, uh, you know, critical <laughs> spirit when it comes to appearance. So. That's why I hide my own. So. Oh, I have a big nose. That's why I hide my face. So Whoa. my nose is constantly hitting the damn mic. That's how bad my nose is. I'm like like Cyrano over here. Well, you know what they say about people with big noses, don't you, Teeb? They slurp their hey. lingonberry jam a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, the first time I heard somebody do that in Norway, I thought they were like, you know, like what? 
what the hell is that? And then I asked, I said, is that a word? Like, I, like I wanted to know like everything about it. You know, it's like, uh-huh. tell me the entire history of how that became a thing. And they, they didn't really know. It's just like something that they do in their language. Fascinating. And then I was, I, I lived there three years. So I started doing it too. It took me like a couple of years to stop doing it, believe it or not. Hmm. Cause it, it caught on, you know, that's anyway. maybe why we've always had such difficulty communicating with each other. It might be. Well, you know, Teeb, it's been fun making fun of Japanese culture with you vis-a-vis Star Wars. Um, Big shout-out to all our Japanese listeners. We are not trying to offend you at all. It's wonderful that Star Wars has gone back to its roots and finally gotten that full expression of samurai culture in Visions. Um, But unfortunately, that is all we have time for, Teeb. Tell the listeners where they can find us. Konnichiwa. Arigato gozaimasu. Well, you can follow Faking Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram at Faking Star Wars and on Facebook at Real Faking Star Wars. That's right. And if you want to submit a question for us on Twitter, please use the hashtag FSW Radio and we'll read it on the next episode. And you can also get official FSW t-shirts and other gear at bit.ly forward slash FSW merch. We've got all sorts of really cool stuff there. That's right. And if and- you like you can actually follow me uh on twitter at t brontor that's t-e-e-b-r-o-n-t-r the rontinator you can follow vegan the hut at vegan the hut with two t's he's not here today but he is still a member of the podcast crew you can follow fsw radio on twitter and instagram and myself at storm duper we know you love what you hear and want to keep supporting us, um, and so please get on our Patreon. And because we are creating such wonderful quality Star Wars comedy parody and satire, we would like you to pretend to also be our patron. Um, if you do so, you'll support us fakers financially to keep making the content that you love, but you also get a great reward just for as little as a buck a month. And Teeb, we've got some supporters that deserve a shout out. Yes, we certainly do. By the way, what is a buck a month in credits? Like, what does that translate into? Mm, I think that's like point oh 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 five Bitcoin Ethereum Monopoly monies. Huh. Well, in the meantime, I guess they've paid their, their credits. They've paid their dues. So let me give a shout out to our Jedi, our Jedi Padawan, Stephen Howard. Our Jedi Knights, Taxus Carlson. Darth Taxus to you. Darth Taxus Carlson and Keith Harmon. And our Jedi Sentinel, 97 Bravo. I think Rick Swift still uh, is a supporter as well at the Padawan level. Uh, You'd have to check on your audit on that one, buddy. I guess I'll have to do that. Um, and, and, you know, Patreon is really the way that we buy, like, for example, new disk space to store episodes, um, you know, software if we need, be microphone cables, uh, when my cat chews through a cable. So it's really essential that we have some support on there. So your generosity is very, very appreciated, uh, since we are running this out of my basement in Topeka, Kansas. Yes. And we live off of reviews. So if you haven't written us a review yet, please consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes, Podchaser, or your podcast platform of choice. Uh, It really helps us appear when people search for Star Wars on their podcast app. By writing a funny review, you will actually be contributing content to the podcast as well because we'll read it on an upcoming episode. Yes, and one more thing before we go, we want to invite you to join the FSW Discord server. It's a free online chat room full of fakers discussing Star Wars, other nerd culture topics, and even playing some games. The link is bit.ly forward slash FSW Discord, and remember to use FSW all in caps. 
Cap, cap, cap. And please always, our website is waiting for you with daily, regular content at fakingstarwars.net. Full of quality Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire. You know, it's basically become an encyclopedia of parody at this point, Teeb. There's so much great stuff on there. So if you haven't been on there in a while, check it out. And thanks to you and all our followers for listening. Of course, may the foe be with you. See you next time. Sayonara. Very nice. Very nice. Yes. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) 